Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. In Revelation chapter 22, Jesus himself boldly declared, quote, Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. As we consider the second coming of Jesus, or the second advent as it were, it's imperative that we understand that every one of us will stand before Jesus and give an account of our lives. Although nothing we do will get us to heaven, Jesus is abundantly clear that how we lived our life in his service will determine our reward in heaven. How are you living your life in the service of Jesus? Let's open our Bible now and continue our study on the advent of Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, good morning and uh, welcome to another teaching. It is a, uh, what is it? It's a Wednesday morning during Advent season here in Texas. And it's, uh, man, it's just a good morning. It's a beautiful December morning here in Texas just to be talking about Jesus, remembering Jesus, reflecting on Jesus, celebrating the Advent, right? Remember Remember, the Advent is the arrival of Jesus, right? So we're celebrating and reflecting and uh, meditating on the ramifications of when he came, when he arrived 2,000 years ago, when our God, God the Son, the Son of God, became a human man, uh, lived a perfect righteous life on behalf of humanity that we could never live, died a torturous death on behalf of humanity that each one of us should have died, deserved to die, and has been raised from the dead. And uh, and we reflect on that for all who received him, to all who received him, John 1.12, to those who believed in his name, Jesus, he gave the right to become children of God. So when you've trusted in Jesus, when you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, genuinely trusting in him, relying on him, believing in him alone, for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul, deliverance from the wrath of God the Father, deliverance from eternal hell, and to bring you to heaven when you die, when you trust in Jesus alone, genuinely for all these things, that perfect righteous life that Jesus lived is actually credited to you. It's accounted to you, accounted to you as if you lived it, even though you didn't live it, even though I didn't live it, it's credited to us as if we did. And all of our sin, all of our disobedience, all of our wickedness, all of our wrong and our thoughts, words, and deeds, past, present, and future wrong, is credited to Jesus at the cross. That exchange is the heart of the Christian gospel. That exchange is the heart of the advent. That's the gospel. That's the good news of Jesus Christ our Lord. So thank you, Lord Jesus. So again, today we're going to do the second teaching um, on on the, the second advent, so to speak. And when Jesus returns again, the last time we talked about, we read some scriptures and talked about some of the ramifications of his second coming and that he is coming. And today we're going to talk about the, the biggest event that pertains to us and what we can do when it comes to the second coming of Jesus. And that is, and that is that the second coming of Jesus will accompany our judgment. Okay, when Jesus comes again the second time or when we die, then we're going to stand before him and we're going to give an account of our lives. 
I was talking to one of our elders, Jesse, this morning, and you know, and and he made a good point that the greatest event is that we get to be with Jesus. That's the single most important thing about the second coming of Jesus or when we die, if we're in crisis, we get to be with Jesus. But also extremely important when it comes to his second coming or when we die is that that we're going to stand before Jesus and give an account of our lives. We're going to be judged. There is a coming judgment. So that's what we're going to discuss today. We're going to, there's a lot of scriptures um, in preparing for this. I need to do a, a series on this. Hopefully we can do that sometime early next year, but it's an important topic that every single human being will stand before Jesus in judgment. And that judgment will either be to determine the level of punishment that the individual has in hell or the reward that they will receive in heaven. None of us gets to heaven by anything we say or do, but only by trusting what Jesus has done on the cross on our behalf and in our place. But our reward in heaven, how we experience heaven, will be entirely determined based on how we lived our lives in the service of Jesus Christ our Lord. How we lived our lives in the advancement of his gospel and his kingdom and his name. How we used our time, our gifts and talents, the things we're good at, and our money in his service. Um, so, and, and consequently, for those who never received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, um, based on, on the level of evil that they live their lives, they'll be assigned a place in hell. So no one has the same punishment in hell that did not receive Jesus. And the only people to be in hell are those who didn't receive Jesus as Savior. No one will have the same punishment in hell and no one has the same reward in heaven. So Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy, your favor, your goodness, and your grace on our lives. Father, we thank you for this time of Advent. We thank you, Lord, for Jesus. We thank you, Father, for sending Jesus. And we thank you, Father, that you'll send him again. We just thank you, Father, for Jesus Christ, our Lord. Jesus, we worship you. We thank you. We praise you, Lord. We thank you for your Advent 2,000 years ago. And we look forward to your coming again, Lord, the second Advent. And Father, I do pray that could be that could be this year. That could be today. That could be during this time when we celebrate the first Advent. Come, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open your word. We ask you to give us eyes that see, ears that hear, hearts that understand, and hearts that desire to obey and to please you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So I'm just going to read again. I have way too many scriptures to go through today. And again, just preparing for this, I think it'll be great to do a series on it. But again, the second coming of Jesus, right, will, you know, you know, will bring with it an advent, right? The, se the advent, the second advent, when Jesus comes again, will bring a judgment, um, I should say. Right. So let's look at Hebrews 27. Hebrews 9, verses 27 and 28. We'll start there. Hebrews 9, 27 and 28. Just as man, and that means man and woman, just as man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment, so Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, 
but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Wow, do you see that? So in this verse, Hebrews 9, 27, 28, we see, you know, we see the, the first coming of Jesus. We see the first advent and we see the second advent. We see the arrival of Jesus 2,000 years ago and we see the verses pointing to us to him coming again. I'll read it again. Hebrews 9, 27 and 28. Now look at verse, you know, 27 here. Okay. This is a profound verse. It's a heavy verse. Just as man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment. Let's stop there. So it's every man and woman's destiny. Man here means mankind. Just as, as every human being is destined to die once and after that to face judgment. It's our destiny. We have a destiny to die. Now, and that sounds harsh, doesn't it? It sounds heavy. There it is. Hebrews 9, 27. Just as every man is destined to die once, and after that to face judgment. So there is a destiny for us to die. Now, now we may be taken from this life at the second coming of Jesus, or, or you know, at our death we'll be taken from this life. But that is our destiny. But we're, we also have a destiny to face judgment. We see that. So at the second coming of Jesus, or upon our death, right, we're destined to die. And it's our destiny to face judgment, to stand before Jesus. And, you know, when you stand before Jesus, don't you want your life to have counted for something? When, you st when, I, when I think about, you know, how much of my life still, I confess, I use in service to myself, my own comforts, my own desires, my own fun, my own pleasures. Um, I'm, I, don't know what, I don't know what the word is. I'm embarrassed. You know, the, the amount of time I still use in service to my own life, right, is still more than I use in service to Christ. Now, what am I saying? I'm not saying that every moment of every day that we're breathing that, you know, we need to be sharing the gospel. I'm simply saying when I evaluate my life, there's a lot of room for me to serve Christ more. And I think if I was taking the judgment today, um, I would be rewarded for the service I have done to Christ, um, the way I served him with my time, my talents, my money, the way I spoke about him, the way I obeyed him, the way I lived for him. But at the same time, I believe there'd be, there'd be too much left on the table. Just as, as, just as man is destined to die once and after that to face judgment, look at, that's 927 Hebrews, look at 28. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people, the first advent, right? The one we're celebrating now when we think about when he came at Christmas time, 2,000 years ago. So Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many people, and he will appear a second time. Okay, so he'll appear again, the second coming of Jesus, the advent, the second advent, so to speak. And he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Again, so he's he's paid the price for sin. Are you waiting for Jesus? It says to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. Are you waiting on that second advent? Are you waiting on Jesus? The vast majority of people I speak to, the vast majority of pastors or Christian leaders that I speak to would still say they're candid that they don't want Jesus to come back today. When you look inside your heart, do you desire Jesus to return? And most Christians would say, the vast majority of Christians and even Christian leaders would say, well, yeah, that'll be nice to be in heaven, but I still got things I want to do. 
I still want to, you know, I still want to serve him more. I still want to do those things. And if you would say that, that's good that you want to serve him. But the ultimate desire of your heart should be that you do want Christ to come back. What that means is all of us know that if we don't want Jesus to come back today, it's because we're not serving him as we ought to be serving him. Does that make sense? Okay. Let's look at uh, John 5, 22 to 24. John 5, 22 to 24. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Verse 24, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. Wow. Okay, so again, why are we reading this? John 5, 22. Moreover, the Father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the Son. Okay, so again, at the second coming, when Jesus comes, when God the Son, the Son of God, when our God, God the Son, the Son of God, Jesus Christ comes, right? Um, we will we will stand before him in judgment. All those who are Christians will stand before him at the judgment seat of Christ and receive a reward. All of your sin, since you were genuinely in Christ, will have been put to the cross and you'll receive a reward. And we'll read that scripture based on how you lived your life and used your time on this earth, your gifts, your talents, your skills, your abilities, and your money in his service. You'll get a reward you know, that'll be consistent with, with how you use that. And you'll give that account to Jesus. For those who have not received Jesus, you'll stand before a different judgment, the great white throne judgment. And your life will be recorded, will come up, all the books will be brought, and it'll show how you lived your life outside of Christ. And depending on the level of, of evil and wickedness you lived in, since Christ did not pay for it. You did not receive the payment. Christ paid for it, but you did not receive that payment. You did not receive Jesus. You'll spend an eternity in hell and be punished accordingly with the level of sinfulness you lived in. So no one again has the same punishment in hell. No one has the same reward in heaven, but both are for eternity. So it's, you know, it's really important, right? Moreover, the father judges no one, but has entrusted all judgment to the son. Jesus will be the one who judges us. Why? That all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father, okay? God the Father, if you're someone today who says, well, I believe in God and you're not honoring Jesus, the Father is not pleased. Why has God the Father entrusted all judgments to the Son? Verse 23, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. So, okay, all other religions in the world, every other religion, but genuine, true, biblically-centered Christ-centered Christianity is not pleasing to God, is not pleasing to the Father. Again, I've said this over and over. I know that comes off harsh. It's the simple teaching of the scriptures. These are, these are Jesus's words, okay? Hear them. Why is the Father trusted all judgment to the Son? Why will we all stand before Jesus? That all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. 
Okay, so again, it's all about Jesus. And there's verse 24. I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. Again, you believe in the word of God, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and you are literally clinging to Jesus alone. You have your full confidence and trust and reliance in him, knowing your hopeless desperate state without him, knowing that only hell awaits without him. And if you have humbled yourself and received Christ as your savior, and you are presently relying on him alone, you have crossed over from spiritual death to spiritual life. And Jesus has given his word. God has given his word. Jesus is God. These are his words. You will not be condemned to hell. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's, it's remarkable. All right, let's look at, uh, Again, there's too many here to get to all of them, but let's look at John 14, verses 1 to 6. John 14, 1 to 6, incredibly comforting words. Look what Jesus says here. So again, we talked about that, that Jesus is coming, that we're destined to face judgment, but here's the greatest news is you get to be with him. John 14, 1 to 6. Listen, do not let your hearts be troubled. Help us, Jesus. How? Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. These are Jesus' words for those who are in him, those who are one with Christ, those who are trusting and believing in Jesus truly for eternal life. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Verse five, Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, verse six, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yeah, again, I, there'll be a time we'll do a whole teaching on this. I'm just... These are 30-minute teachings. I know the vast majority of you have said that's good. You like the 30-minute pop, pop, pop. Um, there's just so much here. So again, forgive me. We're going through this quickly. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Lord, help us. Forgive us, Holy Spirit, for our troubled hearts. All of us have, have troubled hearts. Forgive us, Father. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Look at this. In my Father's house are many rooms. Okay, so based on on how you live your life for Jesus. This is written for Christians, those who have genuinely received Christ. It's There's a place in heaven prepared by Jesus himself for you, and it's being prepared by what you send forth to him, by the reward for how you're living your life for Jesus. He's preparing your heavenly existence. Now listen, everyone will be content in heaven. No one will be unhappy in heaven. There'll be no sin in heaven. But again, Jesus is preparing a place. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I am going there to prepare a place for you. It seems unimaginable. Who is this guy that talks like this? If he's not God, as C.S. Lewis, Lewis said, he's a lunatic, along with the man who genuinely believes he's a poached egg. If Jesus is not God, there is no nonsense of him being a good man, right? In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I'd have told you. I am going there. I am going there. Why? To prepare a place for you. Okay. So Jesus is going to prepare 
a place for you and for me and all those who have genuinely trusted in him. And he's going to do that based on how you've lived your life for him and used your time, talents, and money in his service. Again, uh, when you hear this, it's weighty, but it's supposed to be. The second coming of Jesus, the, the advent, the return of Jesus and his second coming, it's real, right? And if I go and prepare a place for you, which he just said he's doing, I will come back. Here's the second coming. I will come back, the second advent, and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. And there's the greatest blessing, right? to be with Jesus, that you should be able to say, I want to be where you are, Jesus, because Jesus wants you to be where he is. Don't you just want to please him more when you hear that? Thomas don't even know what he's talking about, right? We have the blessing of 2,000 years and not being there. Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how are we going to know the way? I mean, you, again, a study on Thomas is pretty cool. You know, doubting Thomas gets a bad rap, but Thomas was real. Jesus is talking in all this language. You know, don't let your hearts be troubled. It's kind of hard, Jesus. People are trying to kill us. Thomas had just said, let's, let's go die with him, okay? It's just getting old. You know, Thomas said that back in in uh, in, in chapters 11. I believe it's 11. Um, let's just go die with him, 11, 12, right, and, uh, and John. Um, and now Jesus is talking again, and, and Thomas is not getting it. Um, you know, Jesus telling them, I'm going to a place. Thomas and all the, all of them are thinking about some physical place. Finally, Thomas said to him in verse five, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? And this is the answer Jesus gives. Jesus answered, I am the way, Thomas. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. Again, these are Jesus's words. No one comes to the father except through me. That's not a difficult scripture to understand. No one, no human being, regardless of gender, race, ethnicity, nationality, no one can get to the Father. There is no way to God except through Jesus, for there's no other way to have our sins forgiven, to receive spiritual life and eternal life, and to go to heaven when we die. That's why we do this, right? Wow. <laughs> Help us, Lord Jesus. Okay. Let's look at... Uh, Let's, at, let's look at 1 Corinthians 3, 10 to 15. 1 Corinthians 3, 10 to 15. And here is going to be the judgment, right? Matter of fact, all right, I'll do this one and then we'll do the next one. 1 Corinthians 3, 10 to 15. Paul says, by the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds. Verse 11, for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. That's the only foundation, Jesus Christ. Do you believe? Are you grounded and founded? Is your foundation, are you putting all your weight on Jesus? Verse 12, if any man builds on this foundation, okay, so you're a Christian. If any man or woman now is building on this foundation, right? You're building up in Christ. You're living for Christ. You're loving for Christ. You're giving for Jesus. You're forgiving for Jesus. Bam. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, verse 13, his work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. The day will bring it to light. That's the judgment day that happens at the second coming of Jesus or when we die. The day will bring it to light. You'll stand before Jesus and give an account for how you built 
on your foundation of Christ. The reason you're at the judgment seat of Christ is you were a genuine Christian. But what do you have to show for your life? What will I have to show for my life? The day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. Wow. It will be revealed with fire. It's going to be, you know, the purity of it will be made known right? The genuineness of it will be made known. Were you living truly to serve Jesus or our own interests? I know there are times in my life where, you know, I'm doing things for Christ, but I have my own motives in line. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. And the fire will test the quality of each man's work. This judgment, Jesus will reveal the genuineness of our service to him. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. Whatever is genuine in our service to Christ with our time, talent, and money, we will be rewarded. Verse 15, if it is burned up, he will suffer loss. Look at that. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but is only as one escaping through the flames. I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say, well, whew, I'm just happy I made it to heaven. I remember some of the leaders in our, in our ministry made this point. I agree, it's wonderful just to make it, to escape hell. But we, we don't want to be found naked in the judgment. When we stand before Jesus, we want to have something to show for our lives, right? If it is burned up, he will suffer loss, right? Now, it, said, he go, it goes on to say you'll be saved. So what are you suffering loss from? Obviously, you're suffering a loss of reward. So again, Jesus is coming again. And you will be rewarded according to what you've done. Look what he says here and, and uh, look at Revelation 22.7. Revelation 22.7. Behold, I am coming soon. Jesus speaking. Behold, I am coming soon. The advent, the second coming of Jesus, the next advent. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy in this book. Blessed are you when you obey and follow not only the book of Revelation, but all 66 books of the Bible Look at Revelation 22, 12, and 13. Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. Look how he talks. Behold, I am coming soon. Coming again, the second coming, the second advent. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. Verse 13, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Wow, it can't be any more clear, right? So again, Jesus says, behold, I'm coming. My reward is with me. So again, there'll be two groups of people at this judgment. And again, I got to give much more time to this. The first group, the Christians will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Look at 2 Corinthians 5, 6 through 10. 2 Corinthians 5, 6 through 10, Paul says, Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we're at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Paul said it's better when we die or Jesus comes because it's better to be with Jesus. And again, when you leave this life, your last moment of consciousness, when you die, when I die, or when Jesus comes, we're not going to be unconscious. Directly, you're going to be fully conscious and with Jesus in heaven or without him in hell and awaiting judgment either way. Wow, we are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Verse 9, so we make it our goal to please him. So Paul says, okay, in light of all this, 
So we make it our goal to please Jesus. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. If you're alive today, it's about pleasing Jesus. If you're not alive today, it's about pleasing Jesus. Why? Verse 10. For we must, listen to this, 2 Corinthians 5.10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Okay? So there's a judgment seat. And, and God, the son, the son of God, almighty God, Jesus is on that judgment seat for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive what is due him for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. So again, every genuine Christian will go before the judgment seat of Christ and we will be rewarded for how we lived our lives. This won't be about sin. All of our sin has already been paid for at the cross. That judgment's been made. That judgment was put on Christ. This will be a judgment for how we lived our lives. It's real. It's real. And again, we will be rewarded. How? For how we used our time in the service of Jesus and his kingdom, right? And his gospel and his word, his Bible, serving him and his people. How we used our gifts and talents and abilities and strengths, the things we're good at the things we're talented at. How did we use them? Did we use them almost entirely for ourselves and our own interests and our own comforts? How much have we used them for Jesus? And of course, how we used our money, our finances. How much did we use for ourselves and our own lives and our own comforts and our own pleasures and our own retirement? And how much are we using in the advancement of the cause of Christ? This will be our judgment and we'll be rewarded accordingly. And for those who have not received Christ, we have Revelation 20, 11 to 15. These are for everyone, as we talked about, who is not a Christian. And it says in Revelation 20, 11, 15, John says, Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small. They're dead. Believers are never called dead. The dead, great and small, those who were kings and those who knew anybody, those who had great fame and those who knew, those who no one knew. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Do you see it's, there'll be books at both judgments. Here is the dead, the non-believer, anyone who had not received Jesus in history were done as what is recorded in the books. The dead were judged according to what they had done, according, recorded in the books. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Verse 15, if anyone's name was not found written in the book of life. He was thrown into the lake of fire. Again, if your name is not first found in the book of life, if you haven't received life, eternal life, spiritual life in Jesus Christ, our Lord, I beg you to do it today. You can just humble yourself before him. Romans 10, 13 promises that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Hear me. It's not our words that save us, but we do use our words to communicate our heart to the Lord. Simply humble yourself before him. Acknowledge your hopeless, helpless, desperate condition and cry out to him to save you, knowing that without him only hell awaits. Just 
Just cry out, Lord Jesus, save me. I believe you are the son of God. I believe you live for me and died for me. And I believe you're alive and risen. And I ask you to come into my heart, to be the Lord of my life, to save me from my sin, to bring me to heaven when I die. Lord Jesus, I place all my faith and hope and trust and confidence in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. Jesus, in your name, if you're not sure, again, genuinely humble yourself. You can use the words I use there, but again, it's it's your heart that matters. And if you know you're a Christian today, a judgment's coming at the second coming of Jesus. We're meditating on the advent and when Jesus comes again, and it's real. We don't want to be found naked in the assembly. We don't want to, to have nothing to show for our lives. So let's let's start living our lives knowing that it is destined that we'll either die or we'll be taken by Jesus, and our destiny is to face judgment. And our reward in heaven will be based on that. Mm. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your favor, your goodness, your grace. We thank you for this Advent season. Lord, we thank you, Jesus. There'd be no Advent. There'd be no nothing without you. Jesus, we worship you. We praise you and we thank you. We thank you for becoming a man for us, for living a perfect, righteous life that we could never live dying a torturous death. We should have died. We thank you that you're alive and risen today. Holy Spirit, we ask you to help us to live in light of this, to live our lives in light of the first advent, and to live our lives in light of the, the second advent, the second coming of Jesus, knowing we will give an account. Jesus, we love you and worship you. Holy Spirit, seal this to our hearts now, we pray. Seal it to our hearts in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.